going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Apologies for missing last week, but I have all the faith in the world that Matt and Ed filled in admirably for Darlington. But this is the Fantasy Alarm NASCAR DFS podcast talking Kansas this week. Second to last regular season race for Xfinity. Uh, second playoff race for the Cup Series. And coming off of Darlington, uh, a non-playoff driver getting the win in what was a, an absolutely wild race. Pretty rough day. For Hendrick Motorsports, uh, Kyle Larson ran both Xfinity and Cup last week. Somehow came back from multiple laps down in both races. Um, was looking like a promising day for Toyota and JGR. And then uh, engine failure for MTJ and Kyle Busch. Wild race. Very odd. Very strange. But Eric Jones uh, gets his second career Darlington win. So it was, it was awesome to see that. 17th different winner. I don't know. Like there, there, We could do a whole podcast just talking about Darlington and all the storylines that came away from it. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, in Jeff Gluck's poll, it was the number one rated race of the season. I'm not necessarily sure I agree with that. But like in wildness, it was certainly way up there. Yeah. Um, like Kyle Busch had an absolutely dominating car. Right. <laughs> and then it just went kaput like it just started smoking um and mtj had the same had the same thing and i just feel like you could hear in that interview like he was trying to hold back tears man yeah it's just been such a rough season for him and he had that race in his hands to win with like less than 40 to go and it was just engine failure that took it from him right and he's like and he brought up a good point like he's like when we run like crap nothing happens but when we run well everything in the world goes wrong (laughs) so um, and then Kevin Harvick caught fire, like literally on fire um, in one of the crazier fires we've seen because it was apparently caused <clears throat> like sucking in rubber into the engine, which usually not a great idea. So they're changing um, some of the design of the cars this week for Kansas to try to prevent that from happening. Uh, they're turning part of it, uh, part of like the rocker panel into steel. There's extra vents to help blow stuff out as well so it was nuts um chase elliott went in with a big old lead and now is like seventh in the standings i think something like that like it was not it was not a great day there um so we'll see kansas is supposed to be tame but usually chaos reigns when they show up at kansas because you can put the car anywhere you want to it's one of the driver's favorite tracks there's a little bit of, um, you know, tire wear involved. It's it's just a great it's just a great track. So we will see what happens <laughs> for the for Kansas now that uh, Darlington is behind the drivers and the teams. Uh, still pretty awesome to see. I mean, it it sucks that you know Eric Jones gets the win, and and that's hardly like the most exciting thing that we can talk about. But obviously, awesome to see him win. He was a very friendly guy. I'm guessing Richard Petty gave him one. Yeah, he he Richard <clears throat> Petty gets his hats from a certain place, and he took Eric Jones there to go get a hat. Very nice. Uh, Eric Jones posted it on Twitter. Dave Moody is pushing for Eric Jones to wear it for driver intros. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the playoffs, so we'll see what happens. Um. All right, so we turn our attention to Kansas. Um. Pretty basic. I won't say basic because you actually can describe this track basic better than I can, but it's a mile and a half. They'll call it a cookie cutter. We do get, was it 400 laps for this race? 
Uh, well, 400 miles, so 267 laps. Um, uh, all three series in play this weekend. Uh, yes. Trucks racing Friday night, Xfinity Saturday afternoon, and Cup Sunday afternoon. Uh, we are getting the NFL effect, finally. Um, the truck series, is it's, it's ugly for contests. The $4 20 max chrome horn is rewarding $600 to first. So you can max enter for $80 and go against 1,700 other people. And if you take it down, you're only winning 600 bucks. Not my cup of tea. Uh, this is going to be probably a time of year where I'm fading just back to three lineups tops for the truck and Xfinity series. I honestly might even just do one lineup for Xfinity series. If anyone was in the discord last week, you heard my frustration with those drivers. I'm fed up losing money on those guys. Sure. It may have been my fault because I was three for three in terms of exposures with Anthony Alfredo. But if he doesn't, if he's not sick and he's not dry heaving, then my line, all three of my line was finishing the green. I said, I probably wasn't going to take anything down, but I was confident that my lines would have at least made me money. Um, enough of my rant, but, uh, you know, the coverage will still be there this week, at least next week, uh, I'm on vacation, but Matt's going to cover at least one of the races for me. But, uh, I guess most of my NASCAR DFS bankroll is going to the cup series because they're the only series with meaningful contests still. They're also the, well, I mean, trucks has been relatively predictable, but the cup series is also... Um, now that the tire issue is out of the way, um, they've also been relatively predictable. Um, I feel like we've had pretty good reads on, like, I feel like my read on Darlington was pretty good until cars caught fire, mm-hmm. right? Like I was in for Kevin Harvick for a top 10 finish, like all over the place and he was ninth and then his car caught fire, like just one of those days. Um, so, yeah, the contest size will continue to shrink as we get further into NFL season because NFL just eats everything. Just everything yeah. fantasy-related turns to NFL for the last four months of the year. Um, and for good reason. It's the most popular fantasy sport in the world. So, money maker. Um, you know, content will still be here. <coughs> still be covering each of the races every week until the championship at Phoenix in early November. Uh, and then F1 ends a couple of weeks after that which we'll still have coverage for that as well so um kansas look it's not necessarily a cookie cutter mile and a half track it's got multiple groups of racing uh it's got progressive banking in the corners which allows for the multiple groups of racing um they have set up this track so well each of the last four or five races here that it's produced great races regardless of the um you know, old car, the next-gen car, or tires, or whatever. It's produced some great races. There's passing all over the place. Um, they are running slightly different tires here this week than they did in May. They're running tires that I think were run at Pocono earlier this year, not the Kansas um, tires that were run here earlier this year. I'm not sure exactly why. Um, I don't know if they were concerned about tire wear from the previous race and didn't want to do it but i feel like that was mostly caused because the teams were setting the tires too low on psi yeah they were setting them too low and then by the time they came up to um you know temp and pressure 
the damage had been done and then they blow. So we'll see. I'm not sure it's going to change all that much in the cars, but it is something to uh, make note of for Sunday's race. All right, just want to dive into the player pool, or was there anything else? Oh, what's going on with North Wilkesboro? Is it hosting the All-Star Race next year? I don't know. All I've seen today confirmed is that they are not uh, putting the... So the plan was, in October, they were going to host a whole bunch of dirt races. Yeah. Right. Because they were going to rip up the old surface, and then while it was... Because it was ripped up, there's only dirt under it, so they may as well run dirt races on dirt already there before they repave, right? But they made an announcement today that they're not <laughs> hosting the dirt series races and they're not ripping up the old asphalt. So I don't I don't know if they confirmed the all star race was gonna be there. That would be awesome. Saw a rumors going around and I think they have like a big announcement tomorrow and you know, Dale Jr. is going to be there. A lot of other, you know, big names are going to be there as well. So I figured. Wouldn't shock me. It would be some kind of announcement with some race coming back. Yeah. So Slapshoes might get his uh, his wish. If you don't follow Slapshoes on YouTube, he's a great racing uh, guy to follow. But he came up with a couple, I think it was about a year ago. He came up with his ultimate 2022 cup schedule. And it was crazy. But part of it was you host a midweek um, basically all-star race at North Wilkesboro Speedway in between like the Coke 600 and something else because everybody's based in Charlotte. <clears throat> North Wilkesboro is only like 90 minutes up the road, so it's not that bad. So we'll see. Um, it's not going to be the Clash, I can tell you that much, because they've already announced that the Clash is going to be back at the LA Coliseum to start next year, which is going to be awesome. So that would be sweet if the all-star race was at... North Wilkesboro, considering the fact that Texas has hosted the All-Star Race two years in a row, mm. and Texas stole North Wilkesboro's spot on the schedule. So that'd be a little bit of redemption. Just one more reason to hate Texas. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons to hate Texas. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so we'll dive into Kansas. Uh, if we look back at the spring race, Toyota's had a hell of a day. Uh, Kurt Busch won. Kyle Busch finished uh, third, led 18 laps with 37 fastest laps. Uh, he was followed by Denny Hamlin fourth, Christopher Bell fifth, Martin Truex in sixth. Like, and even Bubba Wallace. Was this one of those races where Bubba worked his way into the top ten like three different times and his yes. pit crew was screwing him? Yes. This was the race in which he passed. He had 60 quality passes uh, in this race and finished tenth. Now, if you don't remember what a quality pass is, it means he passed – a top 15 car under green 60 times in a 200-something lap race. <laughs> That's insane. Um, that also tells you he had a really fast car and his pit crew really <clears throat> screwed him. So Toyota put, I believe, all six cars in the top 10, right? They did, yeah. First, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and tenth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a good day for Toyota, which is also, by the way, why they are the uh, prohibitive favorites to win pole, according to DraftKings. Like the top four guys to win pole right now are the JGR uh, grouping, all at six to one. Uh, Toyota is going off at plus 120 for the manufacturer to win the race on Sunday. Um, 
and most of the Toyotas are leading the, you know, odds to win top three, top like betting Denny Hamlin for a top ten finish. <laughs> you're gonna need to put in a whole bunch of money to win basically nothing back. So, not a great, not a great bet there. <laughs> well, if we turn to DFS, JGR uh, does make up. I mean, they're all in the top eight uh, yes. price drivers. Um, Bubba Wallace, eight grand. I think that's reasonable, uh, yes. especially at what we've seen out of him this year. And then Ty Gibbs, who is probably going to finish out the season uh, with uh, 23XI, uh, filling in for Kurt Busch. Uh, he's 72, and he's, depending on where he starts, like the kid has top 15 upside. We've seen it the last two races. But for the most part, like it's easy to understand why JGR are the favorites here. Could this be a week, though? Because we thought this going into Sonoma, completely different track type. I get it. But it always seems like with the next-gen car, uh, it seems like the guys that we think, you know, go out, crush it, and win, uh, they either, you know, show up and look like crap, or they show up. And in the case of last week, the Toyotas and Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr., they dominate, but then the engine blows. It just seems like it's whoever we think should go out and dominate with this next-gen car at a particular track – it just doesn't seem to go that way. I mean, that's a that's a fair point, but I don't really, we can't predict it. It's I don't really want to put this juju into the universe, but what are the odds that they all fail again? <laughs> I mean, although in fairness to John and Pemba, who asked me uh, last week about me picking Kyle Larson, uh, do I feel like his engine would survive the race again because it blew up there in it blew up at Darlington in May, and sure enough, early in the race, his engine. <laughs> started to have trouble so i was like oh making me eat my words there so i you know dk is pretty well locked in on jgr right now um based on pricing i mean denny hamlin at 11-1 that's pretty steep price it's pretty steep price i mean he he did look good at darlington um but he's also looked good at darlington previously hamlin has only finished i mean yeah, he finished top five earlier this year, but that was his first top five in a little bit at Kansas. So, um, I don't know. I mean, if you're asking me about a Toyota I want, it's Bubba Wallace at that price. 8000 bucks. He's in, look, no, either 2311 car finished top 10 at Kansas, and the one that he's in won that race uh, pretty handily, by the way. That, that, that thing dominated that race. He also turned around and had a very good run at Darlington last weekend, which has not been a great track for Bubba Wallace. He had a pretty fast car and just kept it there all night. Um, so that's an intriguing Toyota for me. I feel like for me it's got to be Kyle Busch. What? Like I'm, I'm kind of with you that the price on Hamlin is a little too high, but I'd be okay paying yeah. ten nine for Kyle Busch just knowing that if, if, if the setup – because the car was awesome last week. For yeah. both him and Truex, you know, and, and it, I'm going to just continue to put my faith back in them. And and Kyle Busch has, you know, very strong history here. He finished third here in the spring and collected some dominator points with a 124 driver rating. Yeah, so, he had 37 fastest laps on 18 laps lit. So. He, as of Wednesday night when we're recording this, he's the one that I want to pay up for. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think the, I think. Look, the run of bad luck that Kyle Busch has had this year is just not sustainable. Like, at some point, it's got to turn in his in his favor. And we can sit there and say, well, he's only in the playoffs because um, Briscoe wrecked out 
Reddick at Bristol Dirt, and Kyle Busch got there because he wouldn't have been within the points without the win. Okay, but he's been really close to a win, like, four separate times this year. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he won the dirt race, okay, but he had to be in position to, to capitalize on that. Um, he probably should have won Nashville until he made a stupid decision on pitting is great at gateway and the coke 600 right so like this whole summer swing at similar tracks he was very very good probably should have won pocono so look and if the tires are the same as pocono oh well okay he ran very very well there too so mm-hmm. yeah kyle bush <laughs> and bubba wallace are probably the two toyotas that i want the most right now um just based on i can't make myself pay over 11 grand for denny hamlin um, after a disastrous week uh, at Darlington for the Chevys, <laughs> what's the approach this week? Um, <laughs> Kyle Larson, you know, had to come back from multiple laps down, still finished 12th. Hey, it's like it's Coke 600. Or, yeah, it's like the Coke 600. Yeah, I mean, like, I respect that. It, it, that's just unreal because, I mean, if you played him in DFS, and I had a lot of Kyle Larson, um, he was in the example items that I posted in the Discord channel. I was pretty pissed off and disappointed as soon as I saw that he was multiple laps down. But then thumped something in my head clicked. I'm like, well, you know, he was multiple laps down in the Xfinity race, and he still came back onto the lead lap. And sure enough, it happened. And, you know, I, I knew at that point, like, th- there weren't enough laps led for him to, like, truly dominate it. And I was like, maybe he can finish top five. Didn't happen, but still, when you can claw back and still finish 12th after being multiple laps down um, at a track like Darlington, it's just incredibly impressive. But, you know, obviously, we need to focus on – they need to focus on the playoffs, and we're just here trying to predict the best DFS plays. Do we think – I'm actually a big fan of Larson this week. Okay, go on. So, if we look back at the last four Kansas races, right, he finished uh, – he finished second – in the spring race here. So he broke up the Toyota chain and he won this race last year. Okay. So he's finished P1 and P2 in the last two trips to Kansas. Then if you look at his average driver rating in that time, his average driver rating in the last four races here is 128.7. Kevin Harvick is next at 107.4. <laughs> okay. In terms of DK points, the average amount of DK points Kyle Larson puts up in a at a Kansas race in the last four races is 84.2. Kevin Harvick is next, 27 points behind him at 57.2. Jesus. So, Larson was fast in the spring here. He was fast last week, despite the, the hang-ups. Um, <clears throat> he's, over this last stretch, I would say he's, kind of been consistently fast just not like in a position to dominate because still the most laps he's led in a race all season is the 51 he led to the coke 600 in the second half of that race but i will say that he ran very very well here in the spring um i'm not sure a lot of people are going to be on him because of the price tag and they'll just look oh toyota's awesome here so let's just get shares of toyotas and whatnot but i'm not so sure he had he had a pretty good race here at 11-1 in the spring 
He started third, finished second, 19 fastest laps, 29 laps led for 59 points at 11-1. So he still hit almost 6x value even at 11-1. What's your read on William Byron? Actually, you nailed the read on William Byron last week. Um, It's it's almost as if they're no longer experimenting with this car and they're just giving him the right setup. Um, Yep. Yeah, so still in play this week, I'm assuming. The price tag did not really move at all from where it was a week ago. Um, And he got a a healthy amount of Dominator points for 54 points at an $8,900 salary. He hit 6x value easily on DraftKings. Uh, Still got a top 10. Do we we think Byron can replicate that again? I do. Um, He's been pretty quick here in the past. I mean, if we're looking at DK points again in the last four Kansas races, he's fourth in the field uh, in terms of average um, DK points put up. He's got three top tens in that span, which only a handful of drivers can say um, his average finishes in the top five here. Um, so, or sorry, top seven drivers here um, in that span. So yeah, I'm perfectly fine with William Byron. They ba- He basically said, I'm no longer the test car. Right, so what happened with William Byron, for those that may have missed that little note in the playbook, he got the two wins early this year, right? He he had his second win by Martinsville, which was April 9th. So they said, you're guaranteed to be in the playoffs at this point, right? Because nobody's winning. You're not going to not make it with two wins. Right. Right? So then they started saying, okay, you're the test car. So let's test the crazy setups and see what happens. And that's why, since Martinsville, everybody's like, oh, he only had one top 10, and that was at Sonoma. Um, yeah, then they took the, the training, you know, test <clears throat> sticker off his car, and he went out and led a whole bunch of laps last week. So I'm perfectly fine playing William Byron. I don't, I'm not sure anybody picks up on that again this week. Um, and for those who are wondering, he's $800 cheaper this week than he was back here in May. So... What about Bowman coming off a top 10? Uh, he's got three straight finishes in the top 15, although he does tend to still qualify relatively well, um, except for Michigan. But he's not really lighting it up. And there's not not a great ceiling for him, it looks like, right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. And his crew chief is on the way out. Correct. Uh, his crew chief had announced before Darlington, that, hey, folks, I'm, I'm, piecing in, I'm piecing out after this. Seems like a weird time to announce that, but whatever. Is there a rumor going around that Alex Bowman might leave Hendrick? I think there's a lot of rumors going around. Okay. <laughs> I think there's a lot of rumors going around. Somebody tried to blame Bob Pockers for something he never even wrote the other day on Twitter. <laughs> it sounds like Twitter. Like, they, they found some text somewhere that said, Kyle Bush would rather go to RCR than Colleague because RCR is closer to winning a championship than Colleague, which is factually correct. And somebody was like, way to go, Bob, to throw Colleague under the bus and say they suck. And Bob's like, I didn't write this. <laughs> also, it just says RCR is closer to a title, which is true. They have their two drivers in the playoffs and Reddick's won two or three times this year. Um, so I... I don't know. I think there's a whole lot of rumors going around. I'm not sure that Bowman is up for a contract. Like, I think he's under contract for at least another year. 
So we'll see. It's possible, but I don't know who Hendrick would replace him with right off the bat if he left. Um, all right, we can turn our attention to Penske, though, because Joey Logano does have five top six finishes in his last six races. Um, egg on my face. Uh, I had him in some GPP builds last week. Uh, I did not have him as a cash game play, but he did lead a, a, a good amount of early laps led. And if he didn't have a slow pit, probably could have collected more Dominator points as well. But still at 9,800, he went out and put up 64 points points on DraftKings, and DraftKings rewarded him by dropping his price tag $500. Yeah, it's kind of weird what they're doing. Like, you go out and have a good day, you get a price decrease, and then you go out and have an okay day, your price jumps through the roof. <laughs> it's it's kind of odd. Um, Logano's been solid here. I can't really say otherwise. He's kind of on on every other race run here right now. Um, if we look back at the last four races here, he's finished. He won four races ago. Then he finished 17th. Then he won, or then then he finished ninth two races ago. So this race last year. And then he finished 17th here in May. So if you like trends, maybe he finishes in the top 10 this week because that's what the trend says. Uh, otherwise, he's finishing exactly 17th because that's what he seems to do. He's either going to finish in the top 10 or finish exactly 17th. Um, I don't know. It's been two years now since I've been able to get a good read on Joey Logano. and I, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but I mean, he had an okay drive here earlier this year. The car wasn't wasn't great. Didn't really do a whole lot. Um I mean, it did move up well, but then he stalled out, right? Because he started 34th and finished 17th. But like, is that kind of what we should just expect from Penske in general? Like, Blaney's been tough to watch at times, very tough to roster. His price is down to 8,900 when it was just, you know, it was over. It was 10 grand for Daytona, but salaries don't really matter for Daytona. But you know, it it's almost like Logano is the only driver at Penske I trust right now, unless. Blaney or Cindric are offering significant position differential. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Cindric is <clears throat> just, he's just a guy. Like, <clears throat> won the Daytona 500, congrats. But, like, the list of freakish winners of the Daytona 500 is pretty long. Um, since then, he hasn't really done a whole I mean, he got hot some point in the summer. Um but, like, outside of that, he hasn't really done a whole heck of a lot. He ran okay here in the spring. Went back about seven spots. Not great. Um, I mean, Blaney, look, Blaney's run well here, right? But you can say that about basically every track for Ryan Blaney, except for Darlington. Um, he just doesn't have the results. So, like, I don't know what to do with Blaney at this point. I know Rouse is, like, going to have a seizure, but... Rouse will play him until he dies. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was 9,100 here in, in May and put up 31 points. So, I, you know. I'm, you need really win equity. Well, you don't need win equity, but... I don't know. You, like, anything less than... Like even thirty five points at a ninety one hundred dollar price tag, like that's probably okay for cash, but there's that's not 
taking anything down in a GPP by any means. Like, no. He's a tough guy to read right now. Um, yes. <clears throat> I want to go back up to the top because Ross Chastain is still priced at ten thousand yeah, dollars. No. He's, he's had a very rough go of it since basically, basically the last almost two months. Yes, um, he only has he has two top twenty finishes, one coming last week. Um, he did have forty nine fastest laps last week. What? That's according to DraftKings. Oh my god! He led one lap. Hold on. How do you go backwards eight spots and put up almost 50 fastest laps? That's I'm guessing it's because maybe pit cycle, he was still back in the field, but still clicking off maybe. fast laps That's... on fresh tires. Okay, but he put up 49 fastest laps and still only put up 37 points. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't really want any parts of Ross Chastain right now. I see... I have at least had 20% exposure to him each of the last six races or so, and it has those lineups have not done very well. But it's like the ownership is just gradually ticking down with each race. Well, right. So For good reason, I get it. He's, he leverage. just hasn't been great. Like, you always want leverage on the field, which I, do. I can understand. But at 10,000, I, I need more than just leverage, man. Like, I need... I need points and leverage, and he's not giving me the thing that helps me win money right now. So, <laughs> like, you know, we're coming up on NFL, right? And everybody's going to play the Millie Maker the first the first week, and it's going to be like, oh, if I roster this $3,000 dude, I get leverage. Okay, but he probably isn't going to score. So, like, what does leverage matter if they don't put up points? And Chastain isn't isn't doing that right now he's just he's just not in kansas i know this is the best equipment he's been in uh in his entire career and kansas has been an okay track for him but in the last three races here he's finished 14th 13th and 7th and he started 24 24th and 11th so like it's not like massive pd upside and he's not leading laps starting <clears throat> far back. So, I, I I don't know. I mean, he put up 43 points at 9-7 in May. Again, that doesn't really do much, though. Still doesn't even hit 5X. Yeah. And he started 11th, finished 7th, three fastest laps, four laps led. Did Trackhouse maybe peak too soon? I mean, even Suarez has... He's got one top five, which was at Watkins Glen, but in his last six races, he's got a 28th, a 25th, a 19th, a 24th, an 18th, and then the fifth at Watkins Glen. Yeah, I think I think they've fallen behind the uh, the curve here. I think JGR and Stuart Haas, to a degree, have figured <clears throat> some stuff out that they yeah. that, that Trackhouse hasn't. Uh, speaking of Stuart Haas. Uh, Kevin Harvick is only 8,700. You have to play him at that price. Yeah. I mean, the last three races, he's been 8,500, 8,000, 8,400. Doesn't have a top 10 in that span, but, you know, he he had the two wins prior to that stretch. Um, okay. But he was running ninth when his car caught. Yes. Five. Nope. You're right. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, are we going to hold that against him? Or, <laughs> like, 
Uh, I mean, yes, I'll grant you the Coke the Coke Zero Sugar 400, not great, but again, it's Daytona. Wasn't everybody kind of like? Didn't it just? It did feel like it, he was just doomed for a jinx at some point because there were a lot of touts on Twitter that were pumping up his top ten odds, and and I get it, like they. For it's a been guy. a decade since the dude missed the top yeah. 10 at Darlington. The guy who just routinely finishes in the top 10 at Darlington. He was getting, I think, minus 115, which is really good for a guy. Yeah, he's also he was also like plus 200 for a top five, and like 80% of his top 10s here have been top sixes. So, yeah. like, it made sense. Like, I stand behind the bet because it took an No, I do too. God. I get it. But it was, <laughs> at that point, I was just like, you know, what if this is the one time, like, something happens to him? And yep. sure enough, the car blew up. Yep. Literally caught, like, crazy fire. Um, but look, he ran pretty well here in the, in the spring. He started 23rd, finished 15th. But that was really before SHR had really found their speed. Um, so, look, his track history here is is very good. I mentioned earlier that Larson was 27 points ahead of the next closest guy in average DK points over the last four races. That guy is Kevin Harvick. He's the only other dude over 50 points a race um, in that span. Harvick also, if we're sorting by average finish, his average finish in the last four races here is five and a half. <clears throat> it's a spot and a half better than the next closest guy, which happens to be Truex. So, um, and I said that Larson was at 128.7 for driver rating, and the next closest dude was 107.4. That's Kevin Harvick. Nice. So you're getting a guy who's second in a lot of key metrics here for mid-tier pricing. That's basically what it comes down to with Kevin Harvick. All right. Uh, what about last week's winner, Eric Jones? Still under 8K. Yeah, I'm concerned about the hangover, like the actual physical hangover. Like, I saw tweets from his crew that it came out at like nine o'clock in the morning the following morning, and they were like, "Yeah, we're still drunk and still drinking." <laughs> like, I mean, congrats, good like good for you, but like <laughs> now I'm concerned. <laughs> like, um. I don't know what 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 are you doing with Eric Jones this week? Probably the same thing that I'm always doing with Eric Jones. Like, if he starts in the top ten, I have my concerns because I feel because it's he's more likely likely to go backward. Um, but if he st- like last week, I loved him because he w- he was in that range where it's like, well, he's starting fifteenth, which is good because there's PD. But it's also, you know, there are other drivers that people will chase for for more PD. And so I thought Jones was, you know, a good GPP play, and I had a fair amount of him in some of my builds. Um, and then if he starts outside the top 20, I'm still intrigued because there's PD. It, it's like it's almost like for him to be chalk, he has to start outside the top 25 or top 30. Um, but if he keeps starting in this 15 to 20 range, I'll probably still play him in his GPP just because he has the upside to go out there and win. Um Nice to see the 43 in victory lane, but, you know, we probably don't see it <laughs> again this year. But, you know, he has a few finishes in the top five, six, seven. Um, so, I mean, if he's offering a little bit of PD and he still has that upside as a guy who's going to be under 15% out, I'm always going to play him. Yeah, uh, a couple of notes. One, 
that was the first time in 55 years that the 43 car had been in victory lane in uh, Darlington. 55 years to the day. day. Um, And then it was the first time in... I saw this tweet. I don't remember how long, but it's been a while since the 3 and the 43 won in back-to-back weeks. Because Austin Dillon won Daytona. Yeah. And then Eric Jones won Darlington. So... um, so that was pretty cool. I will say that Kansas is not a great track for Eric Jones. Uh, in the last four races, he's finished no better than 20th. And he's gotten worse each time. But, you know, I, I think I think he's still viable as a GPP, depending on where he's starting. I'm with you. If he's mm-hmm. starting in the teens, I think you can bring him in a GPP. <clears throat> if he hangs down to his spot, he gets value. Right. If he's starting anywhere behind 25th, he's going to be chalky because people are just going to expect him to finish with a top 20 finish, which probably won't happen, but we'll see. Uh, did you want to touch on Austin Dillon? I know you were pitching a, a very fun little prop on him before we started recording this podcast. Yeah. So um, the starting grid video will be out on Thursday this week. So if you're listening to this, the odds are that it's that, like, the podcast will come out Thursday morning. The starting grid will be out some point Thursday. There was some technical stuff with recording it on Wednesday. Um, but this week, I'm kind of taking a little bit different tact, and I'm going to try to point out how you can use early um, week odds to go find some values or some overvalues um, in DFS. And Austin Dillon is one of those uh, guys. So a couple of notes on, on Austin Dillon here is that you know he's 7700 on dk right now on dk sportsbook he's got a top 10 line of plus 125 so that's that's pretty nice considering the fact that he's finished in the top 15 four straight races here one of only four drivers to do that um and a couple of those were 11th and 10th um place finishes but here's where the value comes in right so he's 17th in salary, if you count from the most expensive guy in Denny Hamlin down to him, he's 17th in salary. So basically mid-pack, right? His top 10 odds put him 18th in top 10 odds. However, his average finish over the last four races here is 10th best. And he's 17th best in driver rating. So he's based on driver rating, he's right where he should be. Based on average finish, there's value here in his salary and that odd. So that's a little taste of what the video is going to be talking about and how you can kind of use odds to go find um, some, some values or how to avoid some guys. Cause like we're going to talk a little bit about Daniel Suarez in this video too, because I think he's overvalued based on the top 10 odds. All right. Uh, as we dip into this low seven K range also, that was very well said. Uh <clears throat> We have some interesting values. Uh, Chase Briscoe is getting priced down, rightfully so, because he, oh boy, his results lately have been terrible. Yes. Uh, hasn't had a top 10 since the Coke 600. Um, and before that, it was... It was a while. Like yeah. Phoenix. Uh, well, he won Phoenix, but then he had right. uh, another top 10. It was early April. I can't remember the race. Maybe Richmond? Yep, Possibly. Uh, but you know, like 7,300, uh, we were talking about how SHR has started to figure everything out. It's just, we haven't really seen it with Briscoe. He's, oh my God, he's had 
he's posted 15 or fewer points on DraftKings in four straight four straight races, and he's posted under 10 points on DraftKings in three straight races. Yeah, it's not great. That's a nightmare. Uh, yeah, but he's 7,300. I like the discount. Ty Gibbs is going to be. It depends on where he starts, but he's proving to be a really good GPP play. He's got three top 15 finishes in his last five races coming into Kansas. Um, <clears throat> I want to say he has a win here in Xfinity, but don't quote me on that. Uh, Brad Keselowski's coming off a phenomenal run last week at Darlington. Um, teammate Chris Busher, I was very, very heavy on, and I hated the result. Uh, yeah. But who are your, some of your uh, favorite plays in this range? Well, you just talked about one in Brad Keselowski. Yeah. Um, look, I, it's no secret I started off of him to start this year, and I've been slowly being <laughs> talked more into him each week. Um, and now the results are just showing. Like, he's been consistently a top 15 car. So it's pretty hard to avoid playing a guy who's got a shot for a top 15 each week when they're that when they're this far down the salary list. Um, I will say keep your eyes peeled because he's also in that video that's coming out on Thursday. Um, so I'm not going to give everything away. You have to go watch the video for that. But there are some pretty interesting stats for him and why this might be a little bit of a misprice on DK's side. Um, Chris Busher, I thought it was a perfectly fine read last week to play him. The results just didn't, <clears throat> just didn't bear out. But it the... You know, the signs were there for it to be a good day for him. Um, below this, I don't know, man. Uh, look, I don't know. We could go with our old tried and true dudes like Gilliland and Burton. But, like, that's – look, everybody knows that those are the cheap plays. So, well, what about Cole Custer? I mean – 14th, 16th, yeah. 11th in his last three races. Now, granted, one he of those – He look good. One yeah. was Daytona, one was a road course, and then there was last week at Darlington that saw a lot of really good drivers just bust. Right, but Custer, though, I will he was, say... He, just, he was running top 10 frequently for most of the race. Right, his was more based on speed rather than, oh, these 17 dudes had issues, I'm going to go take their spots, right? Yeah. like fair. His was more based on speed. Um I will say that Custer's run respectively at Kansas. Um, not great. Not terrible. Obviously, it's That's Custer's run at most tracks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be better if he starts further back uh, for sure. But, you know, he look, he did okay here in the spring. You know, finished like 22nd, I think. Um, so... You know, uh, look, in GPPs, he's perfectly fine. It's mm-hmm. about all I can say there for... Uh, but again, he's another guy who ran well at Pocono, and these are kind of the same tires, so who knows. Any interest on Ricky Stenhouse? He did finish eighth here in the spring. He did. Um, he then disappointed me so bad last week. Like, I thought we were in for a great Stenhouse night. And then somehow, like, Three laps in, he's already six laps down. Like, I, like, I, I don't know. Um, he did run well here in the spring. You are correct about that. Uh, he had a pretty good run at Charlotte as well, which you know, 
make a decent comparison um, to those tracks. So he's in play. You never know what you're going to get with, with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He's like the box of chocolates in Forrest Gump. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else, Any anybody else you wanted to touch on, or do you just want to wrap it up and save it all for the playbook? Yeah, not not a whole lot. You know, <laughs> anybody else that comes to mind probably has The good plays will present themselves to us, essentially. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can tell you, you know, everybody's a good or a bad play based on track history, but not everybody's going to show up terribly at every track you expect them to show up terribly at. Like the time I told everybody to fade Kurt Busch at Vegas and Kurt Busch then wound up winning the race leading like a hundred something laps. Um, you know, we'll see what the cars look like on track on Saturday and uh, we'll get ready to play them on Sunday. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you this week and best of luck to the FA nation. Best of luck, FA nation.